we're in a series called Taking Ground. Go ahead and grab your notes if you want to, if you want to follow along. Um, that's going to take you right to the YouVersion app, which is an app that I really hope you download. It's a Bible app. It's amazing. And uh, follow along that way if you want to. Um, we're in a series talking about generosity. If you've been tracking with us, this is week three. And it is preparing us, literally taking ground, getting ready for uh, our miracle offering, which is next week, y'all. Can you believe that? Our miracle offering is next week. And uh, we're, really, we're really expectant for what the Lord is going to do next week. Um, and so uh, I, I just can't wait. Um, we're in a series on generosity. If you're new with us, we do this every year. So uh, really every November, we take time uh, to focus on giving and generosity. So this isn't like we don't talk about money every you know, every service and every sermon, but one time a year for three or four weeks, we talk about giving and we prepare and then we sow a one-time over and above gift. It's, it's over and above what you would normally give. So if you tithe, it's over that. If you don't tithe, if you don't normally give, it's, it's over zero. <laughs> you know, it's something. We all do something. And, and I get that. There are people who don't tithe, who don't give regularly, but at Miracle Offering, they always sow something. And so uh, whatever that may be, we're asking everyone to be involved, number one. Yes. We're asking everyone to ask God what you should give. So um, we're not going to tell you the amount. We're going to tell you, go talk to God. And if you'll go talk to God, if I'll go talk to God, I think God will speak to all of us. And uh, we're going to do something awesome. This is actually our fifth miracle offering. Our church is four years old. But this is our fifth miracle offering. That first miracle offering took us from Fest Middle School into this building, uh, this Building became vacant, and we were able to retrofit it and get it ready for services, and that's what happened. We needed about $60,000 to do that, and uh, our church was just six months old, and on that, on that one Sunday, $170,000 came in that first Sunday. That one Sunday, isn't that amazing? Got us in here. Um, and then we've been ministering out of here. This building, honestly, um, has been a miracle for us as it sustained us through COVID. We were over at Silverado. We lost that during COVID, but we were able to stay here and continue to stream and reach people and help people. And uh, God's just done so much with our online um, influence, and, and we're grateful for that. And uh, so we, we've been doing that. Well, all of those miracle offerings now, there's been four of them, have provided for us to buy land. And so that's what we've done. Jones and Sunset, right down the road, two exits down. We were able to buy land. And we're going to put this building on that land. If you haven't seen these building pictures yet, uh, we're going to build a building and it's going to go up. And that's the building. And it's going to be beautiful. Now, here's what's cool. With Miracle Offering happening, we, we paid for the land. The land is, is paid for cash. Done. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That's not yet paid for. <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. I haven't given you the number on that building. I'm going to give it to you tonight. Now listen, when I say the number, don't like, <gasps> don't do that. When I say the number, just be like, easy, bro. Easy. Okay. Uh, and let me remind you, Elon just bought a new jet, 150 million. Okay. For his new jet. So, so easy. That building, look, put it back up. So we know what we're looking at. That building is going to cost $12.5 million. Pastor, I got that in my couch cushions. What you talking about, Pastor? We good, Pastor. Okay, piece of cake. Uh, I know it's a lot of money. The Lord's going to provide. 
you know, our expectation is not, I don't want to limit God by saying this, but, our, you know, no pressure. Our, our expectation next week is not like, y'all better give $12.5 million. Or, <laughs> but honestly, we, we are believing to pay that debt down aggressively and quickly um, so that we are not in any way. What we don't want to do is get into a building where our ministry stops because now all of our money goes towards a mortgage, right? Uh, so the, the goal over these 18 months while we build that building is that we just go ham on that mortgage so that when we move in, that $12.5 million note's more like $4 million or $3 million or You know what I'm saying? Or zero. How about we go with zero? How many would like zero, right? So... Um, Listen, pray and obey. We're all going to give next week, and it's going to be awesome. Second Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul is receiving an offering for the church in, Cor- in uh, Jerusalem. He goes to the church in Corinth that had a lot of money, and he says, hey, guys, I need you to help your brothers in Jerusalem. There is a church in Jerusalem that is highly persecuted. Because they're leaving their Jewish faith, they're losing their families, They're losing generational wealth, and they're losing their jobs. So the church in Jerusalem has come under great persecution. Paul goes to the Corinth church and says, we need to help them financially. And as he begins to ask them to give, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. You can read it. It's amazing. He he gives them now a Bible promise, a God promise for their generosity. And he says this in verse 6. But I say to you, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Notice that. This is a a heart thing. It's a heart thing. Not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So if, if you feel a pressure, if you feel weird, if you feel, eh, don't give. And God is able. Everyone say, God is able. God is able. Oh, man, that's just a good three words. God is able. One more time. God is able. able. This word God is able is a a Greek word, dunite. It means miracle working ability. God has miracle working ability to do what? To make all grace abound towards you. All grace means you cannot buy a miracle, but when you give, you can believe God to receive grace in the area you need. Isn't that cool? That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work as it is written. Now I'm going to go to verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Two weeks ago I talked about tithing. Last week I talked about really our heart behind this building that we want to reach the next generation. Today though, I want to talk about what happens when you give an offering. What happens... When you give an offering. Y'all ready? Lord, I pray you speak now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Giving really changed my life. It really did. Giving changed my life. I started tithing when I was 15. I saw my parents tithe. And so when I got my first job at 15, tithing was a very natural thing to do. Um, It was just kind of expected and just kind of like what we do around here. So as soon as I got my first job, started tithing. And I've, I've tithed. I've been a tither since I was 15. By the way, it's a lot easier to start tithing when you're broke. 
because as those zeros grow, it gets harder to jump in. So I'm grateful I started tithing on mowing lawns and helping my dad around construction sites. Amen. Because as your wealth grows, tithing gets scarier. And so um, I started tithing then. But when I was 22, I left tithing and I went past tithing. So people will come up to me sometimes and go, I can't believe you talk about tithing. I don't believe in tithing. I go, you know, actually, I kind of don't believe in tithing either. Because I left tithing at 22. I get beyond my tithe. I live past my tithe. Uh, um, I get way more than my tithe. And I started that when I was 22. My wife and I were getting married, and we had $3,000 to our name. And really, that money was... Uh, mostly hers, number one. And number two, it was um, really just from like high school graduations that we had kept. So we had $3,000 store name, and we felt like the Lord led us to give it. So that was wedding money. We don't come from wealth. We don't come from money. We had to pay for our own wedding. So we didn't have money for a wedding. That was it. And we sowed it. I'm not asking you to give all that you have. I'm telling you what we felt the Lord led us to do. And when we gave that offering, it changed our life. Now, there's the cool side of it. The Lord blessed us for the wedding. Someone paid for our honeymoon. Another person gave us their used couches. Um, we didn't care. We were hood, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I'll, I'll sit on your jacked up couches. Someone gave us a, a TV. We couldn't afford cable, but we had a TV there. It didn't work, but, you know, it was there. You know, uh, someone gave us a $500 check to buy a bed. I mean, it was a miracle, you know, and, all these, all these crazy words. But, that, but that, that's not the miracle. The miracle is what happened in here. I came from poverty, and I, have an, I had an orphan spirit, and I had a poverty spirit. What all that means is when you, when you have an orphan spirit or a poverty spirit, um, you need too much to ever feel secure. So enough is never enough. You always feel like you're, you're always afraid of losing. So, um, see, we think that rich people are greedy. All greed is is when money is your master. And money was my master. So I was greedy. I was 22 and broke, and I was greedy. Because I was afraid. I lived in fear. I lived in not enough. I, I, I lived taking and never giving. I lived, I lived always in the... And I was a tither, but I was just always afraid. When we gave that $3,000, it's not that we woke up the next morning to a hundredfold blessing, or we woke up the next morning and... You know, someone bought us a debt-free home, or it, it wasn't that. Something broke in me, and that poverty thing broke in me, that small thinking, that small Belen, New Mexico, God bless Belen, New Mexico, but that small population 1,700 thinking. If you come from a small town, you know what I mean. It's just that, that, th- that small thinking broke off of me. And I've never been afraid from that day to give. I've never been afraid from that day to sow. I've never been afraid of losing. It just, something shifted on the inside of me. And again, I'm not asking anyone to give all. That's not the point. The point is that something had to break in me. And it was when I gave that the Lord taught me about generosity. Please hear me. I can teach you about generosity. But until you give... It is not until you give that the Lord will teach you about generosity. So I can give you like theological ideas and theological theory, but until you give, the Lord can't teach you about generosity. But the moment you sow is the moment the Lord can start teaching you, I am a very, very good father. 
and I'm going to take care of you. Anne Frank said it like this, no one has ever become poor by giving. Give me an amen. No one's ever become poor by giving. And I know that now, not because Anne Frank said it, but because I've lived it now for 17 years. And I've been an offering giver above my tithe now for over 17 years. I've given above 10% for 17 years. And it is amazing to see what the Lord has done in my life. So what happens when you give? What happens when we give next week? Here's the first thing that's going to happen. It's going to stretch your faith. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Can we keep it real? It's going to stretch your faith. Let me talk about this for a second. Paul said this. Give from your heart. He said, give what you've purposed in your heart. He's not talking about this organ. He's talking about from here. I don't give from here. I don't give from my head. I give from my heart. Don't let your head talk you out of what your heart is leading you to do. See, when you got born again, you got a new heart, the Bible says. Jeremiah said God took out our heart of stone and he placed in us a heart of flesh. So if you feel led to give, let me just promise you this. It's not the devil. It's the Lord, but your mind is going to try to talk you out of what your heart is telling you to do. And you have to purpose in your, it's got to be, it's got to be something deep from in here. That's, and, and here's the cool thing about it. The more you say yes to it and the, and the, the more you ease into it, the the easier it actually gets to give. Cause you give when, when, like I'm talking this way, you go, if Jabin, if I give, I'll die. If I give, I won't eat. If I give, I'll. And then you give and you go, hey, I'm, I'm still, I, li- I lived, I survived. That's the funniest thing about giving. When you first start getting into generosity, you wake up the next morning, you're like, I'm still here. We made it. That's what's so funny. But if you haven't given yet, you sit there and you go, what are you talking about, bro? Because your head is saying, absolutely, this will never make sense. So Paul says, you got to give from your heart, not from your head. Remember when um, God told Abraham this, he said, Genesis 22, two, he said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And he said, I, I want your son. Now, let me just clarify a few things. Um, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, God condemns child sacrifice. God never wanted Isaac. It was never about Isaac. Um, but God knew that it was Isaac that was the most precious thing to Abraham. So God didn't say, give me a bar of gold or give me a donkey or he he knew what would actually touch Abraham's heart. Now, God was never going to let Abraham take Isaac and God was never even interested in Isaac, but he had to do something to stretch Abraham's faith. Now, now watch what God says. Take your son, your only son, Isaac. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do I have any Bible scholars in here that have ever read the Bible? He had another son, Ishmael. Now, that was the son he's kind of ashamed of that he had with his side chick. It was the son born in the flesh, not the son of the promise. So when God says, Abraham, give me your son, let me tell you, if God would have stopped there, Abraham would have been like, yo, Ish. Buddy, we got to go on a walk, dog. Just let's go have a little bonding time. So then God has to make it clear, your only son. In other words, the son of the promise. In case I'm not clear enough, Isaac. Can I tell you, every time the Lord starts leading us in giving, you're going to have an Ishmael, Isaac moment. Yep. 
And the Lord says, give, and you open up that wallet. And I, I got... I got a $1 bill, that's Ishmael. And I got a Hunsky, that's Isaac. And and the Lord says, I I want you to give, I want you to stretch your faith. And you look at these two little guys in your wallet, and there's little Ishmael going, pick me, pick me, hey, hey, hey. Here I am, I'm available. And he goes, yeah, 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 let's give Ishmael. And God goes, I don't want, this won't move your heart. This won't stretch your faith. This doesn't in any way impact you emotionally. I don't want that. And, and don't get it twisted. Well, the Lord, the Lord loves any gift. Actually, ask Cain if God likes your offering. <laughs> ask Ananias and Sapphira if God likes her. Ask Eli's sons if God likes. God didn't accept every offering. Because an offering that comes from the head, God doesn't want. It's the offering that comes from your heart that God wants. It's, it's the offering that moves you that moves God. It's the offering that costs you, that honors God. You remember David, he was, he was giving an offering and he needed a, a piece of land to give the offering on and when the man realized it was his king, he said, he said sir, take my land. Give the offering on my land. Don't, don't you dare buy my land. You're the king. And David said, no, I have to buy the land because I can't give God an offering that costs me nothing. So just, it's, it's got to stretch your faith. Listen to me. God never wanted Isaac. God wanted Abraham. And God doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. And if an offering doesn't stretch your faith, you're, you're, you're missing what God's trying to do. Because it's in the stretching that there's a release of something bigger for your life. Can I get an amen? Amen. Offerings keep money in my hands instead of in my heart. Look what Paul says to Timothy. He says, God richly gives us everything to enjoy. Enjoy your life. That's what God's saying. He's a good father. Enjoy your life. Drive your car, live in your house, do your hobbies, Nothing wrong with that. You don't have to live under a bridge for the glory of God to look spiritual. God says, I'm going to give you everything to enjoy. But here's the thing. I know a lot of people that have stuff that don't enjoy it. Y'all know what I'm saying? They're rich, but they don't enjoy it. I know, by the way, I know poor people who don't enjoy their life either. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they got the house, and they got the dream, and they got the car, and they got the girl, and they got the stuff, and they, they still don't enjoy it. And God says, I want you to enjoy my blessing. Well, how do you enjoy what God's given you? It's the next part. Tell rich people, do good. And you're like, sweet, not for me. I'm not rich. No, we live in the West. We all have, we're all rich. <laughs> but how do I be rich in doing good deeds? Be generous. And here's how you enjoy your wealth. You're ready to share. Whether you make $40,000 a year or $400 million a year, here's how you actually enjoy it. You're actually ready Holy Spirit, if you lead me to give, I'll give. That's how you enjoy your, your wealth. But if it's here, you're going to live small and greedy and grumpy. And, and you'll never have enough. The house will never be big enough. The car will never be fast enough. The jewelry will never be blingy enough. It, it, it'll, it's never enough until you become generous. 
if, if you're lacking gratitude today, I promise you, that's the fruit. The root is generosity. Am I doing all right today? Okay. When I give, when I give, I remind money, you're not my master. I want to I say something that I, I just felt led to say. I thought about people maybe who are sitting here this weekend going, yeah, but Jabin, I already tithe, so why do I, why do I give in the offering? I already tithe. Um, let me remind you of something from Scripture. Here's what the tithe would do. When you read the Scripture, here's what the tithe would do. It would keep the temple operating. Okay, it would keep the priests fed and it would keep the sacrifices going. It would keep the staff paid and it would, it would keep the daily operations. The tithe kept the temple moving. And your tithe does the same thing here. It keeps the lights on. keeps the ACs blowing. It keeps the staff paid. It, uh, yesterday we fed hundreds and hundreds of people at I Love My City. It keeps that operation going. It keeps the kids um, in kids ministry. It, the tithe keeps the church functioning. But when it was time to build first the tabernacle, second the temple, and then when it was time to do missions giving like in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, those were always offerings. Yeah, does that make sense? So your, your tithe to this house will allow us to pay the mortgage on that new building. But it's the offering that allows us to build the building. And that's how God always did it. He said the tithe will keep the kingdom moving, but it is sacrificial, over-the-top, unusual offerings that will help build the house. So that's what we're doing next week. Does, I, I hope I'm helping you. That's why I'm asking you to prayerfully consider what you can give next week. And I love what Rick Warren says. He says, I've never given by reason. I never go here. I give by revelation. I ask the Lord what I should do, not my head what I should do. Now, you can't give what you don't have. Okay, so don't by faith put it on a credit card next week. The Lord's going to provide. No, that's irresponsible. You didn't give, Visa gave. (laughs) Now, if you want to give by your credit card because you like the points, cool. But if you can't pay it off, you don't do that. Amen. Amen. Okay, you, you can only give what you do have, not what you don't have. But you give by a revelation of what the Holy Spirit's leading you to give, not by reason. Number two, giving makes me more like Jesus. This is it, y'all. This is it. This is really it. It makes me more like Jesus. Jesus said, your heart follows your treasure. For wherever your treasure is, Matthew 6, your heart will be also. So my heart is a follower and my heart follows my treasure. So wherever I'm deeply invested, my heart will be there. Wherever I'm not invested, my heart will not be there. So if I want to be deeply invested into the kingdom of God, I must give into the kingdom of God. This is the greatest thing giving does, by the way. The greatest thing giving does is it transforms your heart and makes you fall more in love with Jesus. You are never more like God than when you give and forgive. You are most like Jesus when you're giving and forgiving. And sadly, most Christians in the West are greedy and bitter. 
because we're entitled, because we have rights. And we do have rights. We have rights by our country. But we, we take some of that mentality to God and, and we end up not being generous and we end up not being gracious. But if you want to be like Jesus, you're going to have to learn to give. And if you want to be like Jesus, you're going to have to learn to forgive. And if you want to actually enjoy your life, it will be generosity and forgiveness that will actually allow you to enjoy your life. Because if, if you don't learn to give and if you don't learn to forgive, you'll never have enough and you'll always have an enemy. Oh, man. Oh, he is preaching tonight. But if I'm generous and forgiving, then I'll always have more than enough. And I'll always have family. Woo! That was worth the whole drive over here from wherever you came from. Let me say another thing about giving because this is about the heart. Look, look, what, look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 8.8. 8. He says, I'm not commanding you to give. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8. I'm not commanding you to give. Just, just to know that about giving. It's not a, I can't cut. Do I have to? No. Do I got to bring something next week? No. Do I have to give in the mirror? No. Do I have to get water baptized? No. Do I have to get filled with the Holy Spirit? No. Do I have to forgive that person? No. Do I have to serve? No. You can go to heaven bound, bitter, religious, cold, broke, angry. You can go to heaven. You can get to heaven and go, dang. Darn it. These are Christian cuss words. Come on, somebody. Anybody grow up with Christian cussing in the house? Black dog. <laughs> I don't know. That's what we sit around. Man, I could have been generous. I could have been filled with the Holy Ghost. I could have got water baptized. I could have served in the house of God. I could have forgave that person. I could have loved those people. I could have been kind. So you don't have to. You don't have to, but boy, there is a life. And let me just tell you what City Light's always going to be. It's, it's never going to be the church that says just, just do enough to go to heaven. We want to be the church that pushes you and stretches you and encourages, encourages you to live the life that Jesus has for you. It is an abundant life. It is an awesome life. It is a life full of blessing. But boy, it's going to stretch your faith. It's going to make you more like Jesus. It's going to, woo! It's going to make you a little uncomfortable. Wow. Um, I have this friend. He's a, he's a preacher, and he's, he's got a huge like platform and, and profile in, in the world. And so he comes under a lot of heat, a lot of hate, just for um, just internet trolls and all that kind of stuff. And so he doesn't care. He's a big boy. He don't care. But his kids are now getting old enough and they're getting on social media and now they're starting to get attacked by internet trolls. And so that's hard on them. You know, they're just, they're kids. They're teenagers or kids. So I can't explain this to you other than, and this is what I'm telling you about, the Holy Spirit will teach you about generosity. The Holy Spirit has given me a supernatural love for his kids. It's the only way I can explain it. So I give them a, a Christmas present every year, and I give them a birthday present every year. And it's, it's always kind of over-the-top extravagant, and always comes with a note handwritten where I, I tell them I'm proud of them, I'm praying for them, I give them a scripture, I give them a thought. I tell them this is what I'm believing God's going to do in your life this year. I just speak life over them. And, um, 
And then this year was a little unique. They were all going into kind of big years in school, kind of uh, milestone years in their schooling. So I sent every one of them a back-to-school present. And then I gave them a scripture and a word for the year. Here's what I'm believing God's going to do in your life. Here's what I'm believing this year is going to be marked by. And I just spoke life in him. Well, we, we talked on the phone after. He was thanking me, and we were talking about it. And I said, bro, I said, I can't explain this to you. And I don't know if I've ever said this out loud, but I said, when I give... I feel like a Christian. And he goes, oh my gosh, me too. Because see, as, as preachers and pastors, so much of our walk with Jesus is intertwined with our job. So like, I'm constantly in the word, I'm constantly in prayer, I'm constantly studying, but sometimes it's like, Am I, am I praying just to walk with Jesus or am I praying for the church or am I reading the Bible just to read the Bible or am I writing a sermon? Or, and it can all kind of get, so as preachers, we have to fight being lukewarm and gray and cold because we're just, it's like our job and our walk with God is kind of always, and, and half the time we don't know which one it is. I'm just being honest with you. So as preachers, we have to fight for intimacy with God and we have to fight for that fresh fire. So there's two ways that I do that. Number one is worship. Uh, there's, there's something powerful about worship that just, it brings me back to being that 15-year-old kid called to ministry with my hands raised going, God, I'll go anywhere. I'll say anything. I'll do anything, whatever. I was that 15-year-old kid that said, God, send me to Iran. I'll die for the gospel. I'll be a martyr. Ah! I was that guy. Like, I was that kid. I was, I was just, God, anything you want me to do. That is number one. Number two is giving because because it, it doesn't matter where I'm at in life. It, there's just something about giving that just, it's that tender part of my heart all over again when the Holy Spirit says, give, and I give. And it's just, I say yes to that God nudge again. It makes me feel like a Christian. It makes me more like Jesus. And you're never more like Jesus than when you give and forgive. Lastly, lastly giving creates your future. Giving creates your future. Paul said, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. Now, now think about this. He didn't have to say this. Like, God didn't have to be good like this. God could have just been like, yo, you need to give because I said so. Do it. And we'd have been like, yes, Lord. Paul could have wrote the church in Corinth and said, there is a church hurting in Jerusalem. Y'all better give and you better give big because they're hurting do it right now. And they'll be like, yeah, absolutely, Apostle Paul. Of course, we'll do it. I could get up here on a Sunday if I didn't have these beautiful scriptures and go, we need to build that building. Eternity's long. Hell is hot. We got to build a building. And if you're not going to give, we need your seat. Ah, you know, like, whoa. But because God is our father and he wants a family, and because he loves being our provider, he always attaches blessing to giving. Like, you can't find giving scriptures without blessing somewhere attached to it. So here's how Paul tells us to give. Give like a farmer sows. That's how you ought to give. You ought to give like a farmer sows. How does a farmer sow? They sow with expectation. They sow with purpose. They sow with a desired outcome in mind. Come on, somebody. Farmers don't plant tomato uh, seeds and go, you know, Lord, whatever, like, I'll be grateful for poison ivy, whatever you want to do, Lord. 
You don't, you don't sow alfalfa and go, Lord, whatever, if it's pineapples or whatever, I'll just be grateful, Lord. No. Farmers always sow with a desired outcome. That's why Paul said, when you give, all grace will abound to you. Like the area you need grace is where a, a couple wrote me today and they said, we're, we're believing God to put our kids in private education. That's what we're sowing towards. We're, we're sowing towards the, the financial ability to put our kids in private. That's what, our, that's what our heart is to do. And I said, I'm believing all grace is going to abound in that area. Are they buying that from God? Of course not. But they're sowing with expectation because Paul says, give like a farmer. And then he said this. He said, seed for sowing, bread for food. Did y'all catch that? He said, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. I got this apple here. Lord, don't let me cut my finger. It's been five times. Protect me, Jesus. Okay. Okay. Praise God. Okay. We good. We good. Here's what the apostle Paul says. Paul says, seed for the sower, bread for food. In, in, inside this apple are seeds. Okay. Think about the generosity of God. Y'all ready? Can you put your thinking caps on real quick? Watch this. God says, I want that. You get to keep that. God could have said, I want that. Figure it out. Black dog. Gosh darn. Seed to the sower. Paul said... Paul, Paul tells us all God wants is seed, and he'll give you bread to eat. God says you can have all that. That's how generous God is. Come on. You know what we do? We're going to leave church today. We're going to go over to Skinny Fats or Sonic. Or we're going to drive over to Cheesecake Factory. We're going to spend $20 on cheesecake. And go, I can't believe that preacher. He just wants my money. I think tithing is Old Testament. <laughs> Number one, this apple is amazing. It's organic, organic, non-GMO. Look at, look at all this God gives us. And we're fighting them over seed. If I eat this seed, it dies. If I eat this seed, it dies. The moment it goes in my stomach, it's going to die. It has, it has no more power, it dies. And it's going to make me sick. If I store this seed, it'll remain dormant. Watch, I can put this seed in my pantry tonight. I can surround it with Bibles. I can play worship 24 hours a day. I can plead the blood of Jesus, anoint with oil, speak in tongues, command angels to ascend and descend, rebuke the devil, and this seed will still do nothing. Because if it's not sown, it's dormant. If I eat it, it's dead. If I store it, it's dormant. Watch this. But if I'll sow it, it will become dynamic. Come on, everybody, clap your hands. And the moment I'm willing to, 
let it go and sow it into the kingdom of God is the moment God can now do some with it. By the way, what's the first thing that happens when you give? Jesus said, when the, the first thing that happens when the seed goes in the ground, it dies. You know what that means? There's warfare. You give and you go, what did I just do? Jabin got me all worked up. He got me laughing and crying and clapping. And the next thing, you know, no, I gave all this money. What did I just? And there has to be that moment of there's a death to self. But then he said, but then in the ground, resurrection power begins. And then that seed begins to produce a harvest in your life. So I'm not saying I, I don't give to get. I give because of the goodness of God in my life. But, but I know this about God. He's just not going to let me outgive him. Right. You can't outgive God. He's just, he, he's just, he's competitive. He's, he's, he's not going to let his kid be more generous than him. So look what he said in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and you will receive. You will be given much. Here's how God gives that. Now look, we give in fear and we give in, oh my God, this is such a big step of faith. And oh, I don't know if God's going to, oh, and I hope God comes through. Look how he gives, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will it spill into your lap? What's the context of Luke 6, 38? It's giving on any area. You give love, you give forgiveness, you give grace, you give whatever you give, it's going to come back to you. You give finance, whatever you give, it's going to come back to you. The way you give to others is the way God will give to you. How, how can we read that and, and think that God's going to let us fall apart when we're generous? Man, this is who God is. Man, the keys come up. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. I uh, last week, a pastor came to our, our service. Was anyone here last week? Anyone here last week? We, last week, a pastor came to our service, and um, he just he, he came to learn and just kind of see what we're doing and how we do it. And, and that's, a, you know, that's intimidating for a pastor to go to another pastor in the same city. And, you know, pastors can be kind of weird about that kind of stuff. And, so I just thought that's really cool. That blessed me that he came. So I shook his hand and met him. I had never met him. And, I, um, and then when I, when I said hi to him, he handed me a gift card. And it was a $50 gift card to like a Carabas or something like that. And I, and I was just in worship. I thought, how sweet. Isn't that cool? Like just, you know, kind of humbled himself, came to a service to learn. I, I think that $50 to him was big. Or for their church, that was big. And. They're just a year old. They've got about 100 people coming to church. It's, a, it's, a, it's big. And I, and I was just blessed. I can't explain it. I just thought, that is cool. So we're in worship. And I just thought, Lord, that's so cool. Good for him. Speak to him tonight. Bless him tonight. Help him tonight. Encourage him tonight. And I just felt like the Lord was like, yeah, you should do all those things. <laughs> And I said, yeah, Lord, you, Lord, bless him tonight. And I just, as clear as day, I heard the Lord go, you should give him money. And it's your breath. And, you know, I'm trying to like. But, but, but honestly, honestly, I, I joke about it. There was no fight in my spirit. Because I've been, it's, I'm like, I am, you could not talk me out of this. 
Someone made a TikTok about me today, like, you know, these internet trolls made a TikTok about me today, talking about miracle offering and how I'm a false teacher. I just thought, homie, the only reason you even know about me is because I give. The only reason you're even making TikToks about me. I gave. I gave for TikTok haters. I gave for that platform. I gave for this influence. The only reason you're making YouTube videos about me being a prosperity preacher is because I gave for this platform. No. You're only confirming my calling. Sit down, sit down. I love it. I just thought it was funny. I thought, well, I'm even on the talk now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm even on TikTok now. Y'all found me on YouTube. Y'all found me on Instagram. Now you're on TikTok canceling me. I love it. Because, like, it's like you're only confirming the very, like, I'm from Belen. You don't get it. I gave my way here. I gave my way to this life. I, I didn't plan it. I gave my way out of poverty. I gave my way out of that small thinking. I gave my way out of an orphan spirit. I gave my way out of that. So I felt led. So last week, if you were here, because um, I just said, man, you can't outgive God. And so we sowed into him last week. City Light Church gave Favor City Church $10,000 last week. And wrote him a check that night, handed it to him. It cleared. <laughs> Amen. You know. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, wait four weeks. No, no, it cleared right away. Because we actually budget for giving. We actually have a missions budget. Like, it's not just like we, we're, ser- we're like dead serious about this. So we, we gave that. And someone might think, why would you, we got to build a building. Why would you give? Because let me just give you a quick math lesson. 10,000 is not 12.5 million. So that, so it's not enough to meet our need. So something in me goes, let's make it a seed. And let's see what God could do with that. I told that story today just to let you know that we're a giving church. Well, there's a man sitting in our service today who does not attend our church. And after service, he goes, hey, that was really cool that you gave to a church that you don't even, you're not even a part of, you don't even know. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's awesome. We're blessed to be a blessing. He goes, well, I don't go to this church, but I want to give to your church today because of that. So that story moved his heart. And I said, oh, well, you know, glory to God. You know, I don't know. So today, he gives us $100,000. But that's not the end. So we're, we're talking. I'm crying. We're talking. I go, you know, the, the largest gift we've ever received last year, the largest gift our ministry's ever received is 100000 And he goes, oh, I got to beat that. I'm going to give 100001 <laughs> Because he goes, I'm just a little competitive. I got to give a little bit. I said, do it, brother. Make it a million, you know. Really win, (laughs) you know. Because something in me, when that pastor came in, something in me said, I have the mean, we have the means to do it and we should do it and it's right to do. And who knows what the Lord will do for us if we sow into him.
So he sowed in us and we sowed into him and then another person hears the story and then they sow in us. And I'm not saying give 10,000, get 100,000. Please hear me, this isn't a gimmick because here's, here's the reality. I could tell stories like that all night. But I don't because I don't want people to ever think that I'm gimmicky. But can I just tell you this? I could tell all night. I could tell you how I gave and what God did, how I gave and what God did. How I, I could do it all night. And I don't do it. And I, it's probably wrong that I don't. I'm probably too insecure. I probably need to grow in that area. Because I could all night tell stories. Pray. And obey. And we'll see what the Lord will do. I just, I just, I don't know what God, the number God's going to put in your heart, but let's just jump in. I know, I know for my wife and I, we're giving significantly and I'm not scared. And, and I understand if you are, but let me just talk as a person with experience. 24 years of tithing, 17, 18 years now of being beyond the tithe. There is not an ounce of fear in me giving what we're giving next week because I have history with Jesus now and I and I don't I'm not putting that on you I'm just telling you there's like there's nothing in me that's like oh I feel bad about doing this or oh there's a lot going on in the world so there's recession and an inflation and there's more interest rates and there's wars and rumors of wars and the gas prices and milk prices and food prices and shortages and da 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 and, and I probably shouldn't even, we shouldn't even do, no, there's nothing in me that, that feels like we shouldn't do this. Because before there was an inflation or a recession or interest rates or before there was an America, there was a 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'm living my life as a sower. And, I, and I've, I've just seen it for too long. I've seen seed to sow and bread to eat. And God has just made a way. And God will continue to make a way for, for me, for this ministry. And I believe for you. So, again, this is not a command. Prayerfully consider what you can do next week. We're all going to do our best. We're all going to be led by the Holy Spirit. If you're not giving, still come to church. We're not going to check at the door. We're not going to have security at the door. Let's see your offering. No, we're not. Okay? You don't have to give to come to our church. You don't have to pay to come to our church. Okay? But, but if you are giving, I'm excited about it. If you're not giving, come anyway. It's still going to be a sacred Sunday. It's a beautiful Sunday. It's always, it's always awesome to to be in God's house. So I, I just want to make that clear. And, and I'm excited. I'm excited about our future. I'm excited about your future. And I'm excited about what, what God is going to do. Amen. Amen. Father, I love you so much. I thank you for this grace of giving, this mercy you've shown us. I pray um, that we would have ears to hear, eyes to see, a heart to comprehend. And then I pray for the courage to obey whatever you lead us and guide us to do. Lord, if there is anything in anyone's heart that feels offended by this or like I'm after 
their resource. Lord, just break that. I don't, that is just so not my heart. It's not your heart. And so, Lord, I pray you speak through the clutter, break any confusion, and just bring a spirit of peace on your people. Lord, I am so grateful for what you've done in the last four years. And I cannot wait to see what you'll do in our future. Thank you for gathering this group of people into this house. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for how you're leading and guiding. And thank you for all that you will do. Just with your eyes closed and uh, your head bowed for a moment. If you're here tonight and you would just say, Jabin, I, I don't feel like I'm right with God. I don't know Jesus or... I feel far from God. At one time I walked with the Lord and I've, I've walked away from God. Let me pray with you. If you need to have a faith moment with God, a surrender moment with God, if you need to receive grace tonight, let me pray for you. I'm gonna ask everyone to pray this prayer out loud, but it's gonna mean so much for you who are giving your life to Jesus tonight. Pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. And that is enough place my faith in you. I give you my life. Jesus, be Lord, be Savior of my life. Amen. And amen and amen. Praise God. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So grateful. So grateful for what God's doing. And I'm expecting. Thank you, Lord.